Describe when required distributions must begin and how to calculate the required minimum distributions during the participant's lifetime and after the participant's death. The required minimum distribution rules apply to qualified plans, 403B plans, IRAs, and 457 plans. Under these rules, distributions must begin by the required beginning date, which is usually the April 1st following the year in which the participant reaches age 70 and a half. However, participants in qualified plans and 403B plans who are not 5% or more owners and who are still working at age 70 and a half can wait until the April 1st following the calendar year of retirement. Satisfying the minimum distribution rules is important because there's a 50% excise tax on any shortfall. Unless the plan provides for a benefit in the form of, of an immediate annuity, the minimum required distribution is generally determined under what we call the account plan rules. Under these rules, a minimum distribution is required for the year in which the participant attains age 70 and a half, re referred to as the first distribution year, and for every subsequent year. The distribution for the first distribution year can be delayed until the following April 1st, referred to as the required beginning date, but all subsequent distributions must be made by December 31st. The minimum distribution calculation is quite simple. The required distribution is calculated by dividing the account balance at the end of the previous year by the ap applicable distribution period. The distribution period is derived from what is called the uniform lifetime table and is based on the participant's age at the end of the distribution year. With the exception of a younger spouse, during the life of the participant, the required distribution does not depend on who the beneficiary is. Although after a participant's death, this changes. The same methodology is used for each and every year that the participant is alive. Each year, the applicable distribution period is determined by simply looking at the uniform lifetime table based on the participant's age during that particular year. An exception applies if the employee's sole beneficiary is the employee's spouse and the spouse is more than 10 years younger than the employee. In that case, the employee is permitted to use the longer distribution period measured by the joint life and last survivor life expectancy of the employee and spouse. For the participant who dies after the required beginning date, distributions must continue to satisfy the required minimum distribution rules. In the year of death, the heirs must take the decedent's required distribution based on the method under which the decedent had been taking distributions. In subsequent years, the required distributions will depend on who is the chosen beneficiary. When the beneficiary is the individual who is not the spouse, the applicable distribution period is that individual's life expectancy as of the end of the year following death. In subsequent years, the applicable distribution period is the life expectancy from the previous year, less one. This means that remaining distributions are now made over a fixed period. For example, assume that the beneficiary is age 48 in the year following the participant's death. The life expectancy for a 48-year-old is 36 years. In the following year, the life expectancy is 35. It will continue, continue to be reduced by one for each subsequent year, and the account must be withdrawn in full over this 36-year period. If a non-person, such as a charity or the estate, is designated as the beneficiary, the distribution period is the employee's life expectancy calculated in the year of death and reduced by one for each subsequent year. If the participant's spouse is the chosen beneficiary, there are a number of options. Usually the spouse will elect to roll the benefit into his or her own IRA. 
In this case, subsequent distributions are calculated using the same methodology as when the participant was alive, with the spouse now considered the participant. Separate minimum distribution rules apply when a defined benefit plan pays out a benefit in the form of an annuity or if a commercial annuity is purchased to satisfy benefit payments. Unlike the account plan rules, these rules are quite straightforward. Compliance has to be demonstrated only one time when the distribution begins. Life annuities, joint survivor annuities, and even variable annuities typically satisfy the rules. However, if the annuity is purchased after the required beginning date, then the account plan rules must be satisfied in the year of the purchase. It is possible that this amount will exceed the annuity payment for the year. When an individual dies prior to the attainment of the required beginning date, the rules are somewhat different. When the participant has chosen a non-person, such as a charity or the estate, the entire interest must be distributed within five years. When the chosen beneficiary is a person, distributions can generally be paid out over the beneficiary's lifetime. For non-spousal beneficiaries, distributions must begin by the December 31st of the year following the year of death. The distributions will be required over a fixed period, just like when the participant died after the required beginning date and chose a non-spousal beneficiary. A spousal beneficiary has the option to roll the benefit into his or her own account and wait until age 70 and a half to start minimum distributions, or leave it in the name of the decedent, in which case distributions will have to begin when the decedent would have attained age 70 and a half. There are several other important considerations under the required minimum distribution rules. First, after the death of the participant, the beneficiary for determining required distributions is identified on the September 30th of the year following death. So if a beneficiary is paid out or had disclaimed the benefit before that date, he or she is not treated as a beneficiary. Second, if there are multiple beneficiaries, the one with the shortest life expectancy is used to calculate required distributions. Third, a trust beneficiary is a non-person beneficiary, but if a trust meets certain requirements, the life expectancy of the beneficiaries of the trust can be used when calculating the required distributions. Finally, when an individual is in multiple plans, subject to the required minimum distribution rules, some plans can be aggregated together and others cannot. For example, IRAs can be aggregated so that if a participant has three IRAs, the required minimum distributions for all three could come out of one plan. But unfortunately, here it gets complicated. IRAs can be aggregated, but cannot be aggregated with inherited IRAs. 403B plans can also be aggregated, but not with other types of plans. The required minimum distribution rules apply independently to each qualified plan, meaning that these plans cannot be aggregated at all. Because of this complication, it may simply be best to take the required distribution from each plan. 